I did not introduce myself. I apologize if you're visiting. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're watching online at Living Word Live, we, we're so glad you can, we can offer that to you. And you know, we're more encouraged that you would show up here and worship with us. The atmosphere tonight was wonderful, wasn't it, saints? Praising and worshiping our King. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start off tonight in Matthew chapter 16. I hope this word will be an encouragement to you. I hope it will push you forward in your walk with Jesus Christ, closer together with your brethren that you serve with. It says this in Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 13. I'll read a a few scriptures here. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, what do men say that I am, the son of man? I'm sorry, what do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, Peter was always seemed to be so bold, right? The first one to answer. Simon Peter said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. We say in a song tonight that he is going before us, right? He is working before us. The promise is to the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, because he works, he works, in, he works before us. Amen, saints? And this is a really neat interaction here, a little bit of a I really, you know, I think about these things often when I read the account and Jesus interacting with men, trying to teach them, have them learn about him so they can go out into the world and talk about him and be filled with him. And this is what Jesus has been doing here with his disciples. And tonight I want to talk to you about the church. Church. Here Jesus says to him, I will build my church. Jesus was teaching his disciples something here about church. It was important to Jesus that they might learn. I know some of us are very well-versed in the idea of church. That's okay. Amen? I get you. I don't think there's any harm in reviewing. Amen, saints? The example of Jesus here was to talk about it, was to mention it, was to bring it up. And if Jesus brought it up, and mentioned it, I think we should bring it up and mention it and talk about it. Amen? Encourage each other with it. He reviewed with them. He reviewed with his disciples in his interactions with them. Doctrine, did he not? He reviewed with them healings. They asked, how can we not cast out this demon? And Jesus' response was, this comes by prayer and fasting. He, he talked to them. He encouraged them. He led them. Right, saints? his teachings. He taught them. And we can learn from them also in 2023. Amen? We can learn how to fortify our faith with the teachings that Jesus gave. 
You know, young kids grew up in the church. They might not quite know what the idea of church is. Why do we go to church? What's the point of church? Why are we here? How, why is it important? Can I just skip when I want to? Can I show up when I want to? Can I just be part of any church? You know, these are all questions that can float around in our minds and our hearts. I'm going to tell you I've been praying about this topic, and as the Lord gives me grace, as the Lord sheds light on the topic for me, I want to share it with you. I'm going to start my first sermon tonight on it. You know, believers, if you're new, you might wonder, why do I have to go to church? I just do it because everyone else does it. But why is it important? Why is it needed? Why do you have to be part of a church? My heart, my concern, as it most often is, I, I want to see our young people, our young married couples, showing up to church. I have a concern. I don't see them often. I want to see them more. It's important as we start families. It's important to establish the Word of God in your family. We'll see how the church is part of the Word of God. It's part of Jesus' ministry. We'll see that hopefully tonight. I don't think it's bad I'm reviewing. Amen, saints? We can be refreshed, rejuvenated, reminded, moved by this thing that God ordained, the church. Let me give you a little background here. The church... It's used for the first time here in Matthew. I'll do a little review. Some of you might know this, so as I mentioned, bear with me. But the church is used for the first time here in Matthew chapter 16 here in verse 18. We see it, right? I will build my church, Jesus said. A couple chapters later in Matthew chapter 18, verse 17, it's used two times in one verse. Again, by Jesus. Jesus is the one that speaks the words church. He talks about the church. In this case, he was talking about how to deal with someone who offends you, how to deal with someone who sins against you in the church. You could almost say another person that's another believer who offended you, how to deal with that believer, how to, how to take note of that in the church. Jesus is talking about that in Matthew chapter 18. Of all the times that the word church, C-H-U-R-C-H, the actual word church. Of all the times that it's used, Jesus uses it three times in the Gospels. It's used 77 times in the Word of God. Three times by Jesus. 74 times after Jesus by men. 74 times in the New Testament. I'm just going to throw out some facts to you just to give you an idea of, of how the Gospel talks about church. This is all New Testament. It's used 18 out of 27 times in the New Testament. These are just stats. I'm just giving you stats, right? The word church is used 18 out of 27 times. That's 66% of the books of the New Testament have the word church in it. That's a majority. That's a high majority. In case you're wondering, the truth is that the whole New Testament talks about church. Talks about how to behave talks about what to do, how to come together. It doesn't always say the word church, but almost every book in the New Testament talks about what it is to be a member of the New Testament church, how to be a member appropriate of a New Testament church. So even though it's only used, the word is used 66% of the time, I would say close to 100%, if not 100% of the New Testament teaches us about church, teaches us what to do in church, 50% of these references of the word church are found in three books. 
Acts, 18 times. 1 Corinthians, 16 times. And Ephesians, 9 times. Paul definitely went at it talking about the idea of church. And I share that with you. And I, I want to tell you of this. Why do I bring up these stats to you? What's the point of me sharing these stats? Because I want to tell you that the idea, the concept of the New Testament church is important in the Word of God. It's important in the Word of God. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not to be thought about separately. It's not to be taken, hey, I'm a Christian, and here's church. They are almost, in the Word of God, simultaneous. And we'll see that as we learn more about the idea of church. It's, the truth is, if you're a believer, you're part of a church. If you remove yourself from that church, we'll talk about that, what that looks like, what that could mean before the Lord. Church is spoken of by him, Jesus himself, as I mentioned three times. I want to remind you, saints, we are in the post-resurrection period, in case you are wondering. I kid. Jesus has already resurrected, right? He's in heaven. He's on his throne He's sitting at the right hand of his father. He's waiting to hear the words. As, brother, as Pastor Brian shared Sunday morning, pull the trigger. When you're ready, we'll go. I'll go. Heavenly Father, when you're ready, I'll return to this earth. Jesus lived this life on this earth, died for our sins, and has risen again. But he left us here. He left us here. And I want to share with you the topic of church is an important topic for believers who are alive at this time, who came after the resurrected Christ. We know that by Paul, if we just take the sample size, three times used by Jesus, 74 times used after Jesus was resurrected. The majority of the time, but the topic of church is used for believers who have come after Jesus resurrected. But I want to share with you that why it's important to think about the word church here in Matthew is used two times in one scripture in 18 and one time here in Matthew 16. It's spoken all of by Jesus. Why? Why was it only spoken of by Jesus at this time? And I believe simply it's because of this. The church had not been formed yet. Jesus was dropping a new word to his disciples, a new concept to his followers, something that was to come. And this is what I want to encourage your hearts. One of the points of tonight is to encourage your hearts is that it's neat to think about the church that we know it today was not at the time of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was walking the earth, it was not at the time as we know it today. But Jesus knew it was to come. And it was on Jesus' mind to teach his followers about church. I want to let you know about church. He said, to, he said to his disciples, I will build my church. He was telling them to come as a church. And then saints, I want, to, I want to tell you right now that we should be encouraged that Jesus was thinking about us in 2023. Believers, how can we maintain our faith? How can we stay steadfast in our walks? How can we walk perfect before him? Jesus had this idea. I want the believers to be together, to rub shoulders with each other, to encourage each other. When one's slipping, the other can reach out a hand and pull them up. If you're isolated, who's going to help you when you're slipping? If you're by yourself, who is with you when you start doing wrong? Who says to you, that's not a good idea, my friend? Who does that? The church. Jesus thought about this idea of the church while he was living. He thought about us 
well he was living. You may think, how did Jesus think about me in my life? I'm going to tell you he does it many ways, but one way he did it is by thinking about the future. What happens after I resurrect? What will the believers do when I am gone? How will they behave? Jesus had this concept of church. I will build my church. I will build something for them that they can maintain their walk with me to help each other. And I want to tell you that should be encouragement to us saints. It should be encouraging us to remind us or at least think about that church was organized by Jesus Christ himself. Church was organized by Jesus Christ himself. It was a concept not thought of from man. Man did not come up with the concept of church. I think that's a very important distinguishing factor. Man did not think about church. Jesus was the one who thought about church. Jesus was the one that wanted to establish church. It was, in a way, Jesus' brainchild, if I could use that expression. When Jesus thought, what can I do for the future? He thought of church. It was his concept. It was what he made. It was for believers to come together after he ascended to heaven. It was something for us, saints. Does that encourage you? As I was getting into this, I really encouraged my heart to think church was established by Jesus, something for us to partake in, something for us to be involved in, something for us to keep us busy while we work for him. Jesus was thinking about us. What can I do for my believers that come after me, my followers, my disciples that come after me? How can I keep them together? Jesus thought, I will bring them to a body. They can work for me. They can be together. They can rub shoulders. I was so blessed by this concept, and I want to pass that along to you. It was originated by Jesus. It was not of another man. It was the son, as Peter said, the son of the living God that came up with the notion of believers meeting together. I want to ask you tonight, how important is church to you? How important is the congregation to you? How important is meeting together to you? Does it bother you when you can't meet together? Is it something taken lightly? I'm not going to answer those questions for you. These are things to think about. These are things to ponder in your heart. You know, we often come up, as I talk with people, I've heard it many times, hey, you don't have to be saved. If you don't go to church, it doesn't mean you're not saved. Correct. Can I counter that with this? If you go to church, it means you are saved. Can I counter it? Is that a fair counter? If you're at church, we'll see tonight. I'm talking about a true salvation. I'm talking about a true salvation experience. I know there are visitors. I know sometimes we get visitors that come that haven't committed their lives to Jesus Christ. That's okay. But we'll see in the Word of God what it is to be a member of a church. What it is to be a member of the church. Here's a hint. It's not made by a board of men. It's not voted upon. It's ordained by Jesus Christ. This idea of meeting together was thought of first by the Son of God. For sure, there are examples of the church in the Old Testament. Saints, if you, if you read through the Old Testament, you can see the Moses and the congregation. That's, a, that's, a, that's an idea of church, a congregation of people set apart from the world around them. The temple, walking through the, walking through the wilderness, that congregation was an example of a church. And so often, the Old Testament examples point to a New Testament reality. And that Old Testament example of people being called out together 
to be walking together and living together and rubbing shoulders together in the Old Testament was a New Testament reality called the church. The, the church of God, the church that came into this world. I guess I could say right there, that's enough for tonight, right? To think about. I, sermon could be over. That's a lot to think about right there, but we're going to move on a little bit. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit love the church. In time, I want to talk about what the church means to Jesus Christ, why the church is important, how we should relate to the church, maybe how a church is made, like the members of a church, as I mentioned. This is all very, very encouraging, in a way, neat stuff that we can get from the Word of God. And as the Lord gives me grace, I I want to dive deeper into it for our congregation. But tonight, I want to start with this. To the starting point of where Jesus Christ first used the word church, and it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says this. We can go back there if you want to read it with me. In verse 18, it says this, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. For our Catholic converts, please don't start to feel angst. I'm not going to talk about Peter being the Pope or not the Pope. We're not going there tonight. There's a lot here, I understand. There's a lot of words that are here. There's a lot. This is probably some of the most debated scriptures that we have. What does he mean upon this rock? You know, we're not going to go into that so much tonight. What I want to focus on is this. Jesus Christ, again, this is Jesus' words. He says this, I will build my church. I want to focus on that tonight. Jesus' words, I will build my church. We'll stay there for the rest of the night. I think to understand these words, we have to understand the idea of church. What is church? I know, as I mentioned, some of us are very well-pronounced or well-versed in this topic. Church is the Greek word ekklesia, right? And it means simply a calling out. So the idea of the concept of church, when Jesus Christ said, I will build my church, that word church is a calling out. If it's expounded upon, it's a gathering of people in a local region called out from their homes to a designated public spot for assembly. Can I say that again? It's, it's, a, it's a people in a particular location or region who are called out from their homes into a designated spot or location for assembly. For us Christians, a Christian's perspective on that is it's the assembly of believers, those who are saved. You know, you can lose your salvation in this life. means you can be saved in this life. And if you're saved in this life, what is, the thing you're, what is one thing you'll be doing? You'll be meeting together with other, other believers. At least Jesus Christ encouraged it. You'll be meeting out of your home, leaving a place of comfort, leaving a place of maybe protection, leaving a place of maybe ease to come and fellowship, worship, hear the word of God, hear instruction at a, local, at a certain location. Our church, you have left your homes tonight, wherever you live, all over the county of Onondaga and maybe other counties surrounding, and you have come to Court Street Road here in Syracuse under this building to meet together and hear the word of God, have wonderful worship as we did tonight. Saints, that's church. This is what Jesus Christ 
wanted to establish in this earth. Now, before I move on, I want to encourage you tonight, in case you're starting to wonder what my, what my point is here. You might say to yourself, oh, here goes another pastor preaching on church attendance. I'm not doing that to you tonight. I'm not preaching on church attendance tonight for this, uh, for this topic. Jesus set up the church. I'm not here to tell you tonight to go to church. I don't want to harp on you tonight and badger you with the notion of being at church. In fact, here's the irony. I've been saved for many years, coming to this church for many years. I often see quite the opposite. When the pastor up here would encourage people to come to church, usually the next meeting there would be less people at church. The irony of the whole thing, right? I know how it works. I'm not here to make you do something. I'm not here to try to say, listen to what I'm saying as, as Ben, as a human being. I don't want to listen you to listen to my words. Here's my hope and focus for tonight. I hope the Holy Spirit, through this topic, will convict your heart to love the church more. I hope the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, wow, the church is important. I don't want to miss it. I want to be there. I could tell you until I'm blue in the face to come to church. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But you know what works? The Holy Spirit. I'll tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit convicts. It convicts of truth, of sin, of righteousness, and judgment, right? The thing the Holy Spirit can do is convict you to do something that Jesus Christ established, that Jesus Christ loves. My heart tonight is not to harp on you to come to church. It's not simply to tell you to come to church. Pride can settle in when that happens, amen, saints? Apparently, even Christians don't like to be told what to do all the time. But the Holy Spirit can convict us and lead us into truth, amen? So I want to let the Holy Spirit talk to you tonight. Listen to the words I share. You judge. You listen. You open up your heart to the Word of God. I'm going to share Scripture tonight, not what Ben believes, but what the Scriptures say. And you judge. Where do you stand on your church attendance? Where do you stand on your love for the church? Where do you stand on being in fellowship with other believers? How important is it to you? Let the Holy Spirit direct you and guide you. As a Christian, I want to share this with you. I will share this with you. As a Christian, church should be important to you. Church is bigger than just hearing a preached word. Church is more than just worshiping together. Church is helping each other cross the finish line. Church is helping others who are not saved hear the word of God. Church is spreading the love of Jesus Christ to your community. There's so much to do in those words, saints. We can keep busy. Is the church where God has placed you of value to you? Is it highly favored in your heart? You can ask yourself, is it highly favored in my heart? Why or why not? What are the reasons why I come to church? What are the reasons why I don't come to church? Let's not make it more than it is, saints. Church, if church is not a priority in our hearts, I want to say you could say there might be something missing in your faith walk. If church has not become a priority, something important to you, something to find yourself established in, it could, we'll see tonight how it could affect your faith. Your faith, you might even say, you could be having 
weakness in faith. Your faith might be a little bit weak. You might be missing out on something that Jesus Christ wants to work with you with. I don't want to say it, or should I dare say that purposely not fellowshipping with the brethren is wrong? Maybe we'll see that in the Word of God. Purposely staying away and not being a part of a church, being an island unto yourself, not wanting to be a church, not wanting to be under the subjection of, of elders and pastors and deacons and not wanting to be part of a church. Could that be wrong? We'll see that in the Word of God. Think of this scripture in Matthew chapter 18. You can turn the page over. Are you following me tonight, saints? I want to encourage you tonight. Jesus Christ loves the church. Think of this scripture in Matthew chapter 18. By the way, this is right after Jesus talks about church. In Matthew chapter 18, um, in verse 17, those two references that he uses the word church in one sentence. Right? But in verse 18, it says this. After Jesus talks about the church, in the same idea that Jesus is making about someone sinning against you and forgiveness of another believer, the same idea that he's talking about, take it to the church. Let the church help you deal with this situation. And that same notion, that same thought, talking about the church, he finishes with this in verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. As Christians, we might often say, I can't wait to be in the presence of the Lord someday when I die. I can't wait to be in his presence. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to cast my crown before him. I can't wait to worship him in his presence. I can't wait to be surrounded by his glory. What if his presence could be with us now? How would you feel? What if he could be with you now in 2023 in this life? How excited would you be? Could I encourage you that excitement that you might say, I can't wait to be with him in heaven someday. Could we say, I can't wait to be with him in earth today. How do we do that? How can we do that? How much we love him. How much we say we want to be with Christ. I love Jesus so much, I can't wait to be with him. I can't wait to to be surrounded by his presence and his teachings. I pray those are not just words. I pray they're not just sentiments that believers say. You know, like, I often say this, you know, you're busy at work and you're walking down the hallway and someone says, hey, good morning, Ben. And you say, hey, good morning, how you doing? And then they keep, both parties just keep walking by. They don't really care to know how you're doing. In fact, if you started to tell me, hey, you should have seen what I did this week, and I'd be like, yeah, can, let's touch up on that. I'm late for, you know, we don't want to have a sentiment of, I can't wait to be with Jesus and then live our life like we want to live. When you say, I love Jesus, I can't wait to be with Jesus, I want to be surrounded by his presence, are those just empty words? Or do you have a passion for that? Do you have a heart for that, to be surrounded by his glory? You can say, Jesus, I do care. I want to hear what you have to say to me. You may say to your coworker, they may say, how you doing? You may say, I want to hear how you're doing. I do want to hear how you're doing. Please tell me what's going on in your life. How much more meaning is there in that relationship than someone who just says, hey, Ben, how you doing? Hey, what's up? And walks by and doesn't finish, let you finish a sentence. What if that person that walked by me said, Ben, no, seriously, what is up? What's going on? Talk to me. 
Tell me how you feel. Tell me what's going on. Wow, I want to thank you for inviting me into your presence. Thank you for letting me be involved in your life. Thank you for caring for me. This is what Jesus wants us to do when we come to church. You may say, I can't see him, so I can't be with him. I want to tell you, if you have true feelings about loving Jesus Christ, and you have a feeling about being in his presence, Jesus said these words after talking about the concept of church. What was his feeling of church? Believers coming together in his name. Jesus said this about two or three that come together in his name. I want to be there. Isn't that exciting? Jesus said, hey, if not four, five, a thousand, he said, if there are only two. Are there two of us tonight who came here tonight to meet with Jesus? If there's two of us tonight, just two of us, this is what Jesus promised. I want to be there with you. I want to be with you. So if there's a thousand, guess what Jesus said? I want to be there with you. I want, to be sur- I want to be in the midst of you. I want to be fellowshipping with you. I want to share my presence with you. I want to pour my Holy Spirit upon you. How, how can we get filled with the Holy Ghost? One way we can get filled with the Holy Ghost is by going to the place where Jesus is. If I said to you tonight, Jesus is at the St. Joseph's Amphitheater tonight at 10 p.m., you can see Jesus. You can be with him. You can touch him. You can feel him. He can talk to you. How many of us are going to the St. Joseph's Amphitheater at 10 p.m. I hope all of us. This is what Jesus said instead. If two of you gather in my name, I'll make it easy for you. I'll come to you. See how easy it is, saints? See how easy it is to fall into the presence of the Lord by saying, tonight I'm going to lay down work. I'm going to lay down stress. I'm going to lay down my sickness. I'm going to lay down my feelings towards another person. And I'm going to say this. Can I add one more in there? I'm going to lay down my ideas about the pastor. And I'm going to do this. I want to meet with the presence. Maybe you can call up a buddy. Say, buddy, come to church tonight the same way I am so we know Jesus will be here. Because we need to. We got to have to. Right? And Jesus can be in your presence. He can meet with you. He can talk with you. He can teach you. He can fill you with his spirit. He can give you peace like no man could understand. He can deliver you out of sins that you thought you were tied to and could not relinquish on your own. You could be lonely and depressed and sad and you show up to church and what do you leave? Rejoicing, praising his name. You see what church does? Church changes your heart. It changes your mind. It changes your concept. Why does church do this? Because it's not of man. It was established of Jesus Christ. It was a way that in 2023, Jesus could come to us and meet with us just like he was talking with Peter that day. Blessed are you, Peter, because flesh and blood has not shown this to you, but my Father in heaven. I hope the Holy Spirit is convicting you to be like, I want to be at church. I want to be surrounded by his glory. I want to be in his presence. I don't want to miss out. I will say this to you again, saints. I am not trying to convict you or make you, me, meaning Ben in the flesh. Ben himself is not trying to convict you or make you come to church. Make you feel guilty. Lord anything over you. My brothers and sisters, I care for you. 
I want the best for you. I want you to receive everything that Jesus Christ can offer you. Where can you you be offered something by Jesus Christ? When you're in his presence. When can I give you a gift? When When I see you face to face. When I talk to you. When you say, hey, Brother Ben, how you doing? And I can talk to you verbally face to face. When can I give you something of of me? Put my arm around you. Listen to you. When I'm in your presence and when you are in my presence. This is no different than for Jesus Christ. When can we meet with Jesus Christ? When we're in his presence. You could say, Brother Ben, we're always in his presence. I won't argue with that except for this. The word of God says where two or three are gathered, we know for sure he will be in the midst of them. So let's go with what we know for sure. The Bible says what we know for sure, if, if, we're, if two of us are, at least two of us are gathered in his name, he'll be there. That's encouraging, saints. This is something church will do for you when you're hurting, when you feel alone, when you feel like you can't get rid of the sin that's on you, the guilt that's on you. When you come to church, you can be in the presence of Jehovah. And he can work with you. You see how important church is. If the Lord is working in your heart tonight and you're feeling a little bit convicted by this, I want to say, don't fight it. Let the Lord work in you. Let his presence be on you. Let him lead you and guide you in this idea. Maybe you want to say, boy, someone should hear this message tonight. Tell that brother or sister the message tonight. Let them be encouraged by the message. We should be in church. We should be together. Why? Because Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. You said you're hurting. You said your marriage is not going well. Come to church. Why do I come to church? Listen to Ben. No, because Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. One of the dangers of looking at the body of Christ is not seeing Jesus Christ in it. When we look at the body of Christ as men established, when you look up here and you say, well, Ben's preaching the word, it's all Ben. I want to tell you the Lord gave me this word. When you tend to look at the church and you don't see Jesus Christ in the church and you see men, you won't show up. You'll be disappointed. You'll be hurt. You'll be frustrated. Notice the verse in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus Christ asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Notice the the wording that Jesus uses here. He asked them, Who do you say that I, the Son of flesh, the Son of blood, the Son of a human being? Who, who, who 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 do men say that I, the Son of a human being, am? He had them think fleshly first. He had them think not spiritually. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, is? Some said Elijah, some say the prophets. But then he got to the heart of the matter. Who do you say that I am? You see where Jesus went? He went from the idea of concept. What do you think of church? What does the world think of church? What do people think of church in our community? How do they think of it? Well, they'll have all sorts of thoughts about church. People can live in horrible sins and think, I should still be allowed in the church. People can think, if I don't go to church, I'm a sinner. People can think, you don't have to go to church to be saved. You can think a million different things about church. But when Jesus Christ comes to you and says, who do you say that I am? What do you say about church? Now it just got different, right? Now I'm talking, I'm extrapolating what others may think. Now you just went right to my heart. Wait, you want to know what I think? 
Saints, Jesus wants to know what you think about church. What do you think about church? He's coming at you tonight. What do you think about church? What do you think about the called out people from this world meeting together? What do you think about it? We see that Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You see what just happened? He went from the son of man, the son of flesh and blood. Peter said, wait, that's one way you're described, Jesus. But the other way you're described is a wonderful spiritual being, the son of the living God. Do you see the change there in his heart? And what did Jesus say to him? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You see, if you're coming to church as some sort of token of righteousness for yourself, that's, you're missing the point. You're not seeing what Jesus wanted to establish the church for. If you don't come to church because it's not important, because it's, I can do what I'd like to do, you're missing the point. You're not seeing what Jesus Christ established the church for. He established the church to lift up the Son of the living God, to lift him up so he can be with you. Is church looked at as a man thing? Then we are in trouble. I hope this church never looks at gathering together as a thing made of mankind. I hope you're never here because of a pastor. I hope you're never here because of a boyfriend only or a girlfriend only. It may start that way. Great. But I hope the Lord comes to you and says, what is church to you? What is church to you? How important is church to you? How many souls across America and even the world don't attend a local assembly because of a man, because of a man's actions, because of a man's behavior? They said, you know what? I'm going to look at church as flesh and blood, and because of a man's behavior, I'm not attending church anymore. What do you think Jesus thinks of that? Watch out, I want to say. God is watching over his church. And I want to share this with you. God loves his church. In Ephesians chapter 5, we won't go there now, but in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul uses this analogy of marriage for Christ and the church of Christ. And if the Lord gives me grace, we'll talk about this topic more in its entirety at some future time. But the idea is this, that the church of Christ is in a way his bride. Did you hear me? The church of Christ is his bride. Think about marriage. Think about marriage. There's, a, there's two parties to it, right? There's not four, there's not six, there's not eight. There's two parties. There's a man and a woman as a godly marriage. Jesus is looking at his church as two parties. Jesus Christ and the body of Christ. The church gathered together. I will say the church, but I want to remind you, can I remind you again of this? The church is you, born-again believers. We'll learn more about that soon, but born-again believers, that's the church. So when we say that it's the marriage is between Christ and his church, the marriage is between Christ and you, born-again believers. How many men can say this? Hey, you can insult me. You can badger me. You can push me to the limit. I'll take it. You can not show up when I offer something to you. When I open up my house to you, you can make fun of my food. You can not eat my food. You can reject me. You can shove me. You can push me. I'll take it. But if they began to do that to your wife, what would happen? 
If someone insulted your wife in front of you, how would you take it? If someone shoved your wife in front of you, how would you take it? If someone disrespected your spouse in front of you, what would you do? How would you respond? Maybe this gives us a little insight of how Jesus Christ loves his church. Jesus Christ wants to be with his church. I'm not making this analogy up. This was made up by the word of God. Jesus Christ loves his church. And it says that he actually gave himself for it. In other words, he died for it. Many men would die for their wives if they needed it. I think most men would. I think if a man truly loved his wife, he loves himself, the Bible says, he would go the extra mile. I would tell you this, I would go so far as this, if one of my friend's wives was being insulted, I would stick up for her. I care about my friends. I care about my friend's family. I care about my friend's wife. What do you think Jesus does when we insult his church? When we look at his church as a man thing? I'm not going to church because of man. I'm not going to church because I don't like it. I don't think I need to. Now, that's not us tonight. I get that. I'm, I'm speaking in generalities. I get that. But can you apply it to your minds and your hearts, this idea, this concept of church, how important it is to Jesus Christ? Saints, it needs to be just as important to us. Just as important to us. I know we get sick. I know there's vacations. Again, I'm not here to make you come to church. I'm here to remind you of how important church is to Jesus Christ. How important the thing that he established on this earth is for him. The church are the people. Jesus Christ loves the church. You don't want to find yourself at odds with the bride of an angry man. Right? You don't want to find yourself at odds when Jesus Christ returns and you're insulting his church, his bride. Maybe the best thing to do is this. Lord, I'll just come to church. I'll support your bride. I'll support, I'll do what it needs. Maybe that's the safest thing to do. How important is that to Jesus Christ? I don't know. When we get to heaven someday, we'll find out. We'll find out how important it was that you fouled and were part of something that Jesus Christ established, the church. So I want to remind you tonight, we're running out of time. I'm going to end my word here. Remind you tonight that as I started off the meeting tonight, Jesus Christ is the one that builds the church. Jesus Christ loves the church. Jesus Christ wants you to be part of the church. Jesus Christ thought many, many thousands of years ago, what can I do for the believers that will come after? Ha, they'll be part of a church and sin, the gates of hell will not prevail against it because I will fight for her. I will be with her. I will lead her. I will guide her. I will establish her. She'll be my voice in an evil world. This is what church is, saints. So I want to encourage your heart tonight as sermon number one, maybe, Lord willing, we'll see what happens next time, that Jesus Christ established the church, Jesus Christ builds the church, and if you want to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, come to church. And that's the first part of the word. So Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for showing us how much you care about the church, how much you care about this thing, the church, the called out ones assembled for you to worship you and to praise you, to hear your word, to encourage each other and to rub shoulders with each other, to learn how to behave with each other, to learn how to overcome temptation with each other, to learn how to overcome odds with each other. When we're frustrated by each other, you taught us how to, how to push through that, not to simply give up and run, but to work with it 
and push through it, that the church is not something of man, but it's something ordained by the Son of the living God. Help us to grow in our hearts. Let that be important to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, saints. Have a blessed night. God is good.